From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 121, and today I'm joined by returning guest and fellow filmmaker, Dan Clark. And we're going to sit down to watch a film together. So we're sitting down to watch Modern Times. Uh, I'm Jeremy, and I'll say who I'm with first, and then we'll talk whether we've seen it, because this literally just came up. Hi, I'm Dane Clark. And you haven't seen it. And I have not seen it. And Dane's like, you haven't seen this, right? And I was like, no, I don't think so. No, I'm almost... There's a couple... Chaplains. I've seen a bunch of chaplains. I picked up a whole bunch of them from Criterion recently. Yeah, and some I've seen, some I haven't. This one, I feel like it's also it's definitely one of those ones where I've seen bits and pieces from it right. because uh, it just exists, sure, in the world and uh, and it's famous. So yeah. I, I'm sure there's like images I'll see. I'm like, oh, I've seen that, and I've seen this on Simpsons and all that kind of right. stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think I've ever sat down and watched the whole thing from beginning to end. Right. So I'm going to say no. Great. But I reserve the right to be wrong. I know a bunch of weird facts about it. Right. That I can bring up after. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, that would be more fun. But uh, but no, I'm going to say no. And how about you in terms of your Chaplin filmography? Oh, it's it doesn't exist. Oh, you haven't seen any Chaplin? No. This is your first Chaplin? My first Chaplin. We're busting your Chaplin cherry? Just wide open. Wow. Like I've seen, you know, I've seen clips of everything. Yeah. Like I know what things are. Have you seen Chaplin starring Robert Downey Jr.? Uh, I don't think I even have. Oh, yeah. That's actually a delightful movie that I'm sure has nothing even close to do with what his life was really like. Right. <laughs> but Robert Downey Jr. is charming. Yeah, well, I think it's just one of those things where I think when it comes to Chaplin, it's best not to look into the history of the man and find out more about him. Because... Oh, yeah, I'm sure he wouldn't pass the Time's Up movement. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I think he's like, I don't want to say he's on the level with like Harvey Weinstein. Right. But the one just, below, just the well, one level there's below. a lot of young women that <laughs> right. were pregnant after dating him that were not what we would consider legal age now. Okay, so were they legal age? I guess there might not have been a legal age, probably then. not. Yeah. Then. But there was, it's just he was also like the biggest star in sure. the universe, yeah. at some point, right? So, yeah. you know, you think about how things get hushed up now when oh there's God. ways in the league, like back then, nothing got out that wasn't approved by five PR firms, yeah, and then it would so. go in two newspapers. Yeah, but yeah. it's also one of those things where there's like there's I think there's not a ton on record about it, so it's but you yeah. can, I think you just have to assume in that era that it's just a dangerous, dirty time and people were not treated well. Oh yeah, I don't I don't think men were like good people in the 30s. No, that or didn't whatever. happen until like the 70s. They weren't like yeah, <laughs> that's when we really guys, came in. Guys weren't own. like amazing, and then they're just starting to get uh, better, worse, worse, yeah. and then better. Feel like 
Maybe I feel not. like we're uh, we're a constant uh, flux, Dane, and we'll never quite be yeah. at our optimal. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get there, and then some fucker will uh, will drag us right down. Highs and lows, the highs and lows of it. <laughs> so, what made you want to watch this movie? Yeah, because I'm embarrassed that I've never seen any Chaplin. Yeah, and I was looking at you know lists of. I think it's on like the top 100 of like all the things to see, like time and. It's definitely. I think in it's on like, IMDb's. 250, I think. I'm sure it's in their 250. It it's probably in the AFI's top 100. Yeah. Or their top 100 comedy for sure. Yeah. Probably their top 100 proper. It's on like one of those big thousand and one movies to see where you die lists. Totally. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's on all that stuff. And I'm just like. You gotta do it. I gotta do it. And I'm not gonna do it alone. And I'm not gonna do it with my wife. So. She doesn't like this God. kind of stuff? No, I think she would, but like. I don't know. It wouldn't be like as in, enjoyable. Like she's never gonna be like, "Yes, I'm psyched for a Chaplin movie tonight." When we can just watch Queer Eye. Yeah, you that's know? true. That's so fair. So it's like, not well, that she only watches Queer Eye. I'm psyched but, for a Chaplin movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I've seen. What have I seen? I've seen. Uh, we did The Great Dictator. Oh, nice. Uh, Paul Amos and I did an episode of that way back when. You yeah. Can, you can go in the back catalog and check out that, dear listeners. Uh, and that's interesting because that's one of his talkies. Right. The one that, the one tip that this I will, is the last one before the talkies, right? That is the yeah. one the one the one fact I'll give you. This is the last silent film. Mm-hmm. Um and that's saying I mean I know the artist came out a couple of years ago and that was a silent film, but this was the last silent film where it was like it wasn't a parody or like a stylish throwback. Yeah, yeah. Um and it was supposed to be Chaplin's first talkie, but he wanted it to start a tramp and he thought it was weird to make him talk. Yeah. He didn't talk before. That's what I was reading too. Like he was nervous to, for him to talk because he thought that all his fans would be all messed up if they heard him talk, right? Yeah, and they would alienate his non-English speaking fans exactly. as well as something. Yeah, well, he like, wanted okay. it to be universal. So there's yeah. something in here I think where the tramp does something. We won't talk about it. Okay, but um, we'll talk about it after, obviously. Okay, but I think he found like a happy medium in here, mm. and there is some sync sound in this, but it's all I think it's it's thematic to do with the movie, and it's not necessarily dialogue. So, right. But that's an interesting thing that this is this is the movie that's really on. You know, he's a master at this point. It you know it, it took ten months to shoot, and that was wow. considered fast for a Chaplin film. Right. You know, so it's like one of those things where you're going to watch sequences and I can let you know which one's after. Like some of these sequences took like a week and a half to shoot. God. Like that's how much of a perfectionist he was yeah. or how complicated this stuff was. Well, I read the budget was like 1.5, which I don't know what that is for inflation, but I bet it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. We, we can look that it's up. It's at least two. Yeah, it's at least yeah. double. <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And just the amount of attention to detail. and Because all the gags, you know, when you watch a movie like this and you see some of these these pretty sophisticated physical gag you just have to remember that it's like that's all in camera right like none of that CGI yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or special effects like that's all just stuff they had to check like even I, I went to see um, uh, the, the uh, police story the, an early Jackie Chan movie okay just came out on Criterion and so some some of the rep theaters were doing uh, screenings mm-hmm. of it so I went to see it at the Apollo in Kitchener oh cool and uh if you ever get a chance to see Police Story, it's fantastic. Yeah, but it's it's one of I had never seen that one, and I, I, I'm not a huge Jackie Chan aficionado by any means. Right, but you watch that thing, and, and it's like, and it's made in the I want to say it's the 70s or okay. early 80s. But you just watch that knowing this is all real. Like this is right. all 
this him running down this hill with a car behind him. Right. There's he could die. Yeah. He knows he could die. He's got an you know, he's got an amazing stunt team. Sure. And that's what he does. But you're just watching some of these stunts going, Holy fuck, like he mm-hmm. did this. Yeah, because he's known for doing his own stuff, right? But they're phenomenal. But it's the same thing. It's like I when I think of um I think the closest thing we have to a modern day chaplain is Jackie Chan. Right. In terms of the way he approaches his action sequences yeah. and, and that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Um there's someone like Jacques Tati in the in the later you know, after I don't know if you've ever seen any of his stuff. No. He's a French filmmaker. He did like Playtime and Mon Uncle. Okay. And stuff like that. And so I got just, so many black holes, dude. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. But just another one of those like seminal physical comedy people that are just yeah. like it was an art form mm. and they just really, really worked at it. And right. you see this stuff and it's really impressive, then you realize, oh shit, that took them all day. Right. Or it took them like a week and a half to do that. Yeah. Uh which doesn't make it any less impressive. It just goes, Holy shit. Like Jackie Chan is doing stuff where he's like catching something in this hand and this and that and you're just like, Holy fuck, how does a human being do that? Right. Well it's because he did it eighty seven times. Yeah. And this is the one time it worked. Yeah. You know? <laughs> they just printed it. Yeah. 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 And he's stumbling through and trying to figure it out. God. So that's what's fascinating about this one. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm excited. Well, let's just dive in because there's not much to talk about because I don't remember a ton if I did see it and you haven't seen it or any chaplain. So mm. this is exciting. I'm yeah. super excited. Let's do it. Let's all go to the lobby. finished and how was your first chaplain that was great yeah you enjoyed yeah i totally enjoyed yeah where do you stand uh it's interesting because i think i had seen parts of this before and what what's i was trying to look on the back uh just before we started recording to see because i think this is definitely a re-edit where they pulled a lot of the title cards out oh really they're just relying on the audience to read lips which isn't that challenging. Yeah. There's yeah, there were some that were really obvious, and like you could read their lips, and then the title card would come up right after of what they just said. And that makes sense that there were a lot, probably a lot more of those. Yeah, yeah. because I remember in particular just when I was, um, when I read at one point about like the, the fact that this is the last silent film, and there was something about the title card, the last title card that came up was like, buck up, kid, and smile. It was mm. the last title card ever. Right. Uh, but I'm like, oh, it's not there. Mm. Which made me think that they must have done a re-edit. Right. Well, Chaplin did a lot of that. Chaplin went back. He re-edited his film, The Gold Rush, mm. um, which originally came out in the 20s, and he re-edited it in, like, 1942 or something. Really? And so he was kind of futzing with the movies a lot. Um, because they weren't really, once the movie went away, it was, the, it was it, right? It was yeah. kind of done. Yeah. And so they'd re, he'd be able to redo stuff later on was the idea just to re-release it well they re-release they, they, they would re-release movies all the time yeah right because there wasn't as many as there are now obviously. yeah for sure and there's no other way to watch them yeah unless you went back to be like a retrospective and that kind of stuff right yeah, yeah. um but then different stuff like so, so much of the also a lot of the stuff just wasn't meant to be archived the way mm. we think of movies now like I know when the Three Stooges um they uh, they were horrified about the idea of their stuff going on television in their later parts of their career because like you can't binge our stuff like we literally reuse jokes all the time <laughs> right you know the, it was meant to be watched and then that's it it's done yeah, it's yeah, disposable yeah. entertainment you know <laughs> don't watch these things like six hours in a row it's not how it's meant to be done 
We only have three gags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, reused a lot. we used most of them. Wow. Often in the same sketch. Uh, yeah, what else? Yeah, that would have been a totally different medium. Yeah, it's, well, it's just a different... I mean, Chaplin's is a bit different. He was, at this point in his career in particular, he's an icon. For sure. You know, he's the, the most famous person in the world, mm-hmm. or, or one of them anyway. I kept thinking about how, how exciting it must have been to watch that in theater. Yeah. Because, like, well, that's the first time he speaks, right? At that's the, the first end, time he speaks. He had the song, well, yeah. And, and he decided sync. to sing it in gibberish. Yeah. So that way it was universal for his right, international right. fans, right? Right, which he's worried about, which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so that must have been very exciting. Exciting, but also disarming and scary for him, I'm sure. Oh, for sure. To yeah. speak for the first time. But for the audience, like, it would be such a fun movie, like... Back then, I assume, like you've seen everything now, but like back then, like all of those gags, the yeah. whole theater must have just been like pissing their pants. I bet. Well, yeah. and also, and I'm sure they, they would have marketed this as Chaplin Speaks. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, that would have been the thing to wait for. Yeah. When you're waiting the whole yeah. movie for so it. Everybody's on the edge of their seat. Yeah, well, just so, let's go through it like, because it really is, as much as there is kind of a plot, it's really yeah. just a series of, of, of sequences. Designed around gags. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and most of those, like all the big set pieces, like the department store, mm-hmm. the uh, eating machine, uh, all those took like over a week to shoot. Oh, yeah. Well, the machine that he gets stuck in. Yeah. Is just like. That's, that's something they built. got to be insane to build. Yeah. To be able to like have it work and actually have a body move through it. <laughs> and it's him too. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. They put me through it. Yeah. <laughs> Probably would have been fun. I bet. Well, even there's that there's that roller skating sequence, right? Where like that was a ledge. Do you know if there was anything below it? What I do know about that is that they there's a matte painting there that makes it look deeper than it is. So it wasn't as unsafe. Yeah. Apparently, it was like a hundred. It was like a hundred foot drop. Wow. If he'd have missed it, yeah. And I'm sure he did a couple times. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, that's a terrifying, it's just, it's, it's just how long that take goes on for. Yeah. Because it's one thing to have, like, long takes, like, when he's, you know, doing the bit where he's delivering the, the roast duck. Yeah. And he's just stuck in the crowd, he's going around and around, it's a repetition joke. Yeah. But the repetition joke of that, of him almost going over the edge, is oh, terrifying yeah. as the audience. Yeah. I'm sure they were gasping. Oh, for sure. In their seats. Yeah. That's what was so interesting, of just, like, seeing how much he is doing these things to entertain like the audience right to get all these different reactions whereas you know stories nowadays are kind of just like telling more of a story yeah and along for that ride whereas this is like seems like a roller coaster i'm putting myself through hell to entertain you totally the closest thing we have to that today like right now yeah. i think is tom cruise doing the mission impossible sure. movies yeah 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 where he's literally <laughs> just risking his life yeah for i read a i read a or I heard a podcast, I think, where uh, I think after that la- the last Mission Impossible, when uh, they did that um, the that big ge- gag when he not gag I call it a gag but the the bit when he goes out of the heli- the that super plane. high jump the plane yeah because they had to develop all the special gear and special units yeah they shot that for a month and a half God because uh, every day because they only had the light they had to do it at a certain time of day yeah. Uh, certain like wind temperatures, right? And there was like a one hour window every day they could do it at. And if they they screwed it up, like they could have nailed it the first day, but yeah, they yeah, yeah. going back and back. And and the story goes that when they finally finished it and they got like one take, 
Cruz just stands up from the landing. He's like, are you not entertained? <laughs> That's all he's doing. Yeah, I mean, he's good at it. Yeah. That's Christopher McQuarrie, right, that did that one? Yeah. Yeah. Did you read, like, what he... Like, apparently when they were going up in the plane, like, for the first time, he was so nervous that he literally, like, fell asleep. Oh, passed out. Passed out. Like, just from nerves of just, like, I have Tom Cruise on a plane about to throw him out of it. And then they did it for a month and a half straight. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure by, by the end of the second week, he's like, eh, yeah, whatever. Let yeah, me know yeah. if it, how it, I'm just going to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be over here. <laughs> well, yeah, a little stress pass out, but yeah, I'm sure he's fine now. That's funny. Well, even the altitude, if you're not trained for that kind of stuff, oh, yeah. too. Because I'm sure he wasn't going through the training that Tom was oh, going through. Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, I, but it, and it's one of the things that makes me wonder. It's like, what would Chaplin be doing today? If he had the tools yeah. we have today... Because almost in a way, I think he'd be kind of disgusted by the CGI and all the cheats we can do. Yeah. Where it's just like, it's not pure in a lot of ways. Yeah, it'd be interesting whether he would embrace, embrace it or not. Yeah. And the stuff he would pull out. Because there's obviously like some CG or like, what would, how do they even do that then? Like the boat going out. Like That, that was like definitely a green, green screen. screen, right? Like. But those are the only, there are only like two shots like that. Yeah. Uh, and the, when they're in the police. The police car. car yeah. And I think that just would have been rear projection. Right. Yeah. 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 That's what it was. So, yeah. um, yeah. Inside the studio, they would yeah. projecting the footage. Yeah. That, that, that shot definitely was there. Yeah. So technically those are visual effects. Yeah. But that's as close as they got. Yeah, for sure. And, cha- and, I, and I bet you he tried to actually do it. Right. Yeah. <coughs> and then realized. That's impossible. Yeah, they, they wouldn't do it. Yeah. I can't imagine why that boat would have been difficult to do because they made the boat slip away. Yeah, why couldn't they just shot him there? Like that seemed that one. I get the I get being in the in the car for sure. Yeah, that one. But the boat one seems like they could. Fast. The yeah. boat one seems like something they could have done. Well, that one was kind of jarring. Yeah, or like yeah, more noticeable. Where it was just like yeah, you could have probably done that, but I'm sure they had a good reason. Yeah. Yeah. What else stands out to you as as your first time watching a Chaplin movie? Um, well, there was more, um, I guess, sadness and kind of... There was more going on than I thought there would be, like, just gags. But, like, you know, it opens with him having a nervous breakdown. Yeah. And you're like, you know, the world's just, like, starting to talk about mental health right well, now or, like, embrace it. And obviously that wasn't, like... The, the focus on it. yeah totally well it opens that shot of the sheep and then it, it yeah then it, um dissolves to men doing the same thing on their way to work yeah. right and that's it's, it's the only time they ever do that yeah you know, it's not exactly subtle but it's it's he was this is the movie that um had him uh kind of claimed as a communist mm. or he was blamed of being a communist right because of this movie because he was um, arrested for being one? I think part of, I mean, part of it was the story, the fact that he was car- waving a red flag yeah, at one yeah, point. Yeah. And that would have been red. It looks yeah, gray. Yeah. It looks gray to us. <laughs> yeah. But, um, uh, but also just the themes, mm-hmm. I think, about uh, addressing the way the world was and talking about it that way. And, and I think a lot of the stuff he said in the press came off as, right. as being communist. And I don't know if he was ever, he ever admitted to being a communist or not, mm-hmm. but... That was a big thing at that point because that was uh, that was not American, right? To be a communist, and so it kind of this movie put him in kind of hot water for a little while, right? Huh? 
what's your takeaway like from the end of it? I think it's just the kind of thing. Jumping too far. No, 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 that's okay. I mean, I think for this a movie like this, I think I, I, what I like about it is I get the sense that it's like these two are going to stick it out. Yeah, and they're just going to keep on having these adventures. Yeah, yeah, they're never going to quite land on their feet, but mm-hmm. they have each other. Yeah, but their interest, their relationship was really interesting too. In a way, like I, I, it was less um, rapey than I thought it was going to be. I guess zero but rape, zero rape. Like the only thing that was, um, that all happened off screen. Yeah. 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 Right. The only thing that was kind of like questionable in its sense, like she was fairly, you know, strong and three dimensional, let's say. And the only thing that was weird is at the end when he told her to smile. Yeah. <laughs> this is like smile, honey. Yeah. You'd look prettier if you <laughs> yeah, smile. Yeah. But besides that, like everything was like, she was kind of a badass. Yeah. And they she were was equals. Really good. Yeah, totally. And she was great, and I don't know their ages. That was confusing. Yeah, they were a couple. Yeah, um, in real life. Yeah, he. Well, yeah. I mean, Chaplin got married a lot right. and dated his co-stars a lot. Right. So uh, that, that's no shocker there. Right. Um, and obviously, the rules then, like the MPAA or whatever, it would have been then. Like, there's like they didn't. He didn't even sleep in the same house. Well, this is pre-code. This oh, is really? 1930. Well, it would have been shot in 35. So the the um, the Hayes production code is not in effect yet. Huh. It doesn't come into effect for till like the 40s. Wasn't there was there something though? Because I, I was reading. Um, I only read like I think I just read the Wikipedia of it or whatever. But they're saying that you couldn't do drugs on film or something. And there's that cocaine scene. Yeah. Right. Like where. No, you could. Like I don't think there's anything at this nothing. point. Huh. No, because the, the Hayes Code doesn't come in until... Because it's around this time that Ernest... When the talkies roll in, yeah. Ernest Lubitsch is doing like his musicals. And those things are baudry. Hmm. Um, so it's not until uh, really America goes to war in World War II where the Hayes Production Code comes in. And now it's all about the American family right. and rah, rah, rah. And yeah, so... Huh. Like, they never specifically stated that's cocaine, but that's cocaine. That's cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> That's cocaine. I bet you were not expecting a cocaine joke. No. <laughs> in a Chaplin kind of, film. Yeah. That was fun. <laughs> that and then it's even weirder, I guess, that they didn't they didn't kiss. Like they weren't there was nothing romantic about it. They were kind of platonic. Yeah. There in was, a lot of ways. Like, she could have been a dude. It's right? true. In that same, which is like it wasn't a it sure there was probably love, but there wasn't romance or kissing and it was odd like when they got their dream house together that she slept inside on the floor and he slept like in the shed but that was like their first day together and they but, decided but to get they, a house but like she waited for him after it's true all of this all of these prison escapes well i think it's know? also clear she's a, they, they bring up a couple times when the police are looking for that she's a juvenile oh yeah she might be six <laughs> but she looks yeah she's in her 20s <laughs> Yeah, but Definitely. she looks. But she, I think she's supposed to be like fourteen. Really? So yeah, okay. They're probably just playing it safe from that angle, right? Because I'm trying to th- on screen. Yeah, yeah. on screen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> off screen. He's yeah. He's having a lot of sex with her, uh, whether she's of age or not. Right. Um, I think that uh, where was I going? I've lost myself. What stood out for you? Yeah, this definitely. There's there's a bunch of things I've, I've seen that. Um, 
the sequence with the lunch machine before for sure. Right. Uh, I remember. I remember parts of it. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the roller coaster one at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, just little details like that giant hunk of bread. I love all the mm-hmm. little like the home sweet home poster yeah. or uh, frame inside of his office. Yeah. Just little touches like that um, are stuff that I, I kind of miss missed on on just whenever I'd seen little snippets of this here and there. Right. Um, yeah, and it's not as bawdry, too. There's just that one kind of off joke with the woman with the buttons on her nipples. Yeah. Where he starts chasing her down. But yeah. the rest of it is... We chased the two women in a row. Right. That was the Well, he does... Thing. Yeah, the one the secretary. Woman, like, the factory, yeah. He gets the back of her buttons. Yeah. <laughs> so there's two little moments like that, but that's yeah. pretty tame compared to what it could have done. True. And how far it would have went for our... The laugh, yeah. At this point in time, yeah, for sure. Because there's no, there's no one stopping you from making women the butt of jokes. Sure. At this point in time, yeah, yeah. Um, so he's a good guy. He's yeah, yeah. Green. <laughs> well, but also I think part of it is just that you know, again, he's the number one star in the world at this point in time. Yeah. So I think they're just making sure the image of the tramp, I think he was very specific about what the tramp does and doesn't do. Mm. And I think the tramp, tramp can fall in love, but it's like, I'm trying to remember if I ever saw the tramp kiss somebody. Right. Like he gives them flowers and he, and he bats his eyes and there's that kind of stuff. But yeah. I don't remember any real giant PDAs. Which makes sense because he's kind of childlike. Mm. And to keep it like very simple. And he's not essentially chasing women like I feel like a lot of people would have been then. Yeah, like these are all family films. They're yeah. trying to, they're trying they're making films for yeah. you know the, the broadest audience possible. Right. Uh and so you know, it's not until he starts making something like The Great Dictator where he's mm-hmm. really getting political on purpose. Right. Um and that was his I want to say that was his first real talkie. Um and there's a famous quote where he says that he made that as his first talkie because if he's gonna if he's gonna kill his career, he wants it to die saying something that matters to him. Because mm. he takes on Hitler in that in that yeah, yeah, movie, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and in a way, that's not you know all the horrors of everything hadn't come out yet. It's like they were just kind of making fun of Hitler the way we make fun of you know one of the four or just like that. Yeah. And then you know all of a sudden, decades later, we find all the horrors of it Crazy. and how dangerous they were hmm. and to realize that it's like playing with fire yeah and a lot of that stuff yeah i gotta watch that one next the great dictator is pretty great yeah um and it's it's fat and, and and it has this great it ends with this amazing speech that still holds up really well today hmm. it's um it's a fascinating movie yeah it's, it's interesting his evolution i still have to go back i have some some gaping holes of his that i still need to to fill in right uh, but in terms of just watching a movie like this now, does it feel like homework? Uh, no, it didn't. I don't know why. Like, um, the movie we watched last time felt harder to watch. Um, what movie was that? Well, 80s, Trading Places. Trading Places, yeah. Trading Places felt like, I don't know, in a weird way, like this, this felt like it held up better. And I don't know whether it's just the time difference or whatever, because I wasn't alive when it was made at all. But something about it just feels timeless, timeless. even though it's still 
Yeah, we're that's suddenly clearly dated. Yeah, we're trading places. Definitely feels dated. Yeah, based on the jokes and the type of humor. For and, sure. Whereas this is like, and I appreciate you know, as <coughs> like I I love dialogue and writing dialogue and writing too much of it, and to see somebody not use any except the obvious like title card and people are still speaking here and there, but to have to rely just on to follow visuals, the story just through visuals. Stories. Yeah. And it's like there still is like, yeah, it's a light story, but it's really just about a guy kind of like trying to land on his feet. Right. And he just goes through all these troubles and it's like, there is a, there is a through line. And for being that old, like for having that much of a story, I mean, that shit always just impresses me. Yeah. Yeah. It's super charming. Yeah. Yeah. It was charming. I was charmed more than I thought. Like, I didn't know whether it was just going to be like wacky, you know, and even stuff like, that, little, okay, cool. Yeah. But it's also stuff it's like still, I was, I was still genuinely laughing. Oh yeah. You know, out loud in some parts. Yeah. Yeah. He's still just charming and entertaining. And anytime, you know, he tries to screw somebody's nose off. I'm like, yeah, sure. That's funny. It's still funny. Yeah. Well, just, I mean, they're shooting this at 18 frames a second. So, right. so everything's sped up a little bit yeah, except yeah, yeah. for the, the song. But it's still, I mean, that stuff's pretty fast, some of that stuff. Yeah. Like that conveyor belt scene that starts off the top. Oh, yeah. You know, those takes go on a while. Yeah. Cause, and it's not just him. It's like the other performers that are doing this stuff, too, and keeping up with him. Yeah. Yeah, you see, I mean, do you think he was on cocaine? Oh, I'm sure he was on lots of stuff. Yeah. I'm sure he was doing, but then it wasn't really frowned upon. Yeah. I don't think. Right. Uh, I don't know if he was or not. I'm trying to remember if I ever read anything about him having like a bad drug habit. Mm. If he was, it's never, I'm pretty sure it's one of those things that was never ever talked about. Right. You know, he was definitely a womanizer and I'm sure he was doing all the things and there was orgies and there sure. was, you know, but a lot, but all of that was hush hushed under the publicity machine. Right. And people were paid off and bribed and threatened and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure. So right. if he was, we'll never know. Cause all those people that took into that, tell that story are, yeah. are gone. Took it to the grave. Yeah. Damn. <coughs> yeah. But um, still clearly a talented, um, talented young man. I think he's going to do well. Yeah, he'll, yeah. He'll, he'll do okay. Got a good feeling. It's interesting. The Chaplin movie uh, that Robert Downey Jr. starred in, I, I loved it as a kid. Yeah. Because I'd seen a couple of the things. Richard Attenborough directed it. Uh, it's, it's it's a really interesting story, and I'm sure that a lot of the stuff in it is, some, is somewhat accurate. I think he's portrayed as this giant love letter hero. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure, you know... He he's not as accurate as he was. Sure. But it's interesting just looking back as as kind of a student of film history and just seeing some of the some of the stories behind these movies, mm-hmm. which I think that stuff's probably accurate. Um, it's it's fascinating. But even even that movie they talk about at one point they have to whisk him away because um, he's gotten like an underage girl pregnant and oh, they're worried crazy. about and the police are after him. Right. So he has to go into hiding at one point. Huh. Just for a little bit, though, and then, then it kind of works itself out. Right, as as those things do, I guess. Yeah, as those things did back then. <laughs> God. Now, Polanski, he is still not allowed in the States. Right. As you shouldn't be. Yeah. Based on the laws of our time. Yeah. But good luck with your lawsuit, Roman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's just going to stay there. He's fine. Yeah, I'm not worried about him. 
How did that stand up for you? Yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, there's a there's a timeless quality to to something like this, and so it's just really, really. It makes me want to kind of introduce my kids to this because I think mm. they're they're at that age where uh, they don't get they're not they're pretty well seasoned in watching older stuff, so yeah. I don't think they'd be bored by it. What have they sat through? Like, what's the most like challenging movie that they've sat through? Uh, my son has watched like it's probably set, um, Hidden Fortress. Okay, it's a Kurosawa film. Yeah, so it's like a two and a half hour black and white film with subtitles. Crazy, and he was fine. He loved it. Nice. He thought it was great. Nice. He wants to watch Seven Samurai, which is like That's... three and a half hours. Wow. So he's uh, he's really excited to watch that when we can find a window to to fit it in. Yeah. So he's good. Like he'll sit down and watch old movies and like three hour movies and that's great. He has a great attention span for it. My my daughter a little less so. Sure. She gets bored a little quickly. Right. Quicker. But he yeah, he could just sit all day and watch I mean, as long as it's engaging. Yeah. And it's good. But even not, like he'll just sit and watch like he's just fascinated by by movies and, hmm. and will just sit and watch something even if it's not great. That's great though. Yeah. He's yeah. at that age still. Yeah. Well, that's impressive for kids these days. Kids these days. No, that's true. Well, yeah. I trained him early. I yeah. got him on the Muppets. Nice. First thing. Uh, but yeah, that's fair. I guess you didn't just start with Kurosawa. No, he didn't start yeah. with Kurosawa. <laughs> yeah. No, but he was ready. He could say he could read on his own. Because uh, I don't want to read a whole movie to him. Yeah, that's, that's not fun. No, it was right before we went to Japan this year that he wanted to uh, mm-hmm. check one out. Because we were going to go see some of the things and the sights. Right. They were in some of the movies, nice. if they existed still. And, um, and so he just wanted to, he wanted, he, he knew that it was like uh, a lot of the influence of like Star Wars and stuff like that came out of Kurosawa. Right. So he wanted to go back and, and rewatch nice. that kind of stuff because he gets, I've trained him to be a proper nerd to, yeah. look, to look at the origins of sources. <laughs> Good training. Yeah. Good so, training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but that's fun. So I, I do want to go back and, and, and throw one of these at them. I think I'll start them with the kid, though. Right. I think it's a good one to start with. Yeah, yeah I definitely watch more now. Yeah, does this make, does, is this the kind of thing that you watch and you go, oh, I'd like to like incorporate this kind of thing? Or yeah. You... It's a positive experience, right? Like, I feel like, I don't know, I get like weird blocks on some things before. Like, I know, like, in, you know, I had a, Woody Allen block not that you can talk about him anymore but back in the day I was like I don't know if I like this guy and then I finally like sat down and watched like Manhattan or whatever I'm like okay this is great yeah and similarly and then I had to watch 10 of them that's just it like you said with with this it's like it's it's got more sentiment than you would expect yeah you know it's got a lot more heart it's got that, that song Smile that's kind of their love theme that plays throughout right and that was how I was with Kurosawa like I, I just assumed like oh god three hour black and white movies mm. and it's gonna feel like homework those movies are entertaining as hell right so much fun mm. and so i was shocked after the first one and i became hooked and i've seen everything i can get my hand on right yeah i got black holes for him too yeah but that's just it. i mean i think that's the trick especially now this stuff i was found interesting to you after we stopped rolling and I, i'm sure i've mentioned this a million times and will continue to on this podcast that the criterion has their own streaming channel now oh yeah I and it's that so cheap and there's no reason to not to not give it a whirl I think they even have a free month trial right it's uh, if you're a film student there's no better resource yeah you and, said it's uh, like 10 bucks a month or something or it's nine. less it's like 10 yeah, it's <clears> like 9 <throat> bucks a month huh. it's, it's, it includes all the special features and, and this movie's in there 
And so you get your commentaries, you get behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. It's just it's just a wealth especially if you want to dive back into you know, into older movies. It's and even modern modern classics. There's there's a lot of great stuff. It's uh it's it's harder to find a better resource of, of films than, than that. Yeah for, for that price in particular. Yeah, for sure. Until Spotify starts their movie industry. Right. <laughs> it's on the way. It's, who knows? I was thinking about that. I was just listening to a podcast, Freakonomics podcast, about um, Spotify and how it's impacted the music industry in both positive and negative ways. Mostly positive, no, it seems good. like. Um, but I think it's, it's another case of just like the rich are staying rich and the, and the poor artists sure. are staying poor. Yeah. Yeah. Taylor Swift doing really well. She's doing okay. On Spotify. But. And the one thing I didn't realize, Garth Brooks is like the one major holdout. That they still don't have really? it on Spotify. Huh. As of the recording of that, anyway. Maybe he's, he's come over right. to, the, to the side, but... I like Garth Brooks. Yeah. At least the hits. At least the hits. The greatest hit, that greatest hits album. But you can't listen to him on Spotify. Well, geez. I don't do Spotify, so... I just... Actually, like... I have a free Spotify, but I, I do... I pay iTunes. Oh, she... Well, one or the other, right? Yeah, yeah. But I haven't looked for Garth Brooks, and now I have to. TV's on Apple. TV's on there. Maybe that's the city's an Apple guy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Any any other final thoughts? Um, No, it was just generally generally pleasant. An enjoyable experience. Enjoyable experience. Highly recommend. Well, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad I was able to be part of your chaplain cherry popping. Yeah, thank you. I'll never forget this day. (laughs) Yeah. It's good. (laughs) So you'll, you'll dive into some more chaplain? Yeah. Why not? And uh, I, I'm going to dive back into it. I mean, I'm going to add this to my list of things to watch with my kids in the near future. Not not necessarily this one, but... Uh, although this one's good, too. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. Thanks for coming over, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Let's all go to... Thanks for joining us for Modern Times. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at Lon Jeremy, and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.